0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.
1: 25% of children aged six years of age have their own mobile phone, their own smartphone, in fact. This is research by Amorok uh, carried out for Cyber Safe Kids, and it's been released to mark Safer Internet Day today. And they also found that 45% of 10 year olds are allowed to use their smartphones in their bedroom. And I don't know, maybe I don't have kids. I don't know, is it just naive of me to think that the 25% of six-year-olds having smartphones is just a pretty incredible statistic. Robert is with us on the line. Robert, are you surprised by that finding?
2: Yeah, I heard this this morning. Um, it certainly made me sit up in bed when I heard it on the, the morning radio. It, I think it's a shocking statistic. I, I can believe it. So
1: do you any of your own kids, Robert, have smartphones?
2: Uh, so I, I've got three kids, a um, four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a, a 5 month year old there. The the two older kids, so a two-year-old and four-year-old, they have tablets. Um, they don't have smartphones. And those tablets are very tightly controlled. Uh, I work in a, a very technical field. Um, and I'm very careful what apps they have and what content those apps have and, and what content allowed on them. And they have no communication apps. So there's no... There's no WhatsApp. There's no iMessage. There's mm. there's no way for them to to talk to the world on
1: them, because that's one of the things they found, you know, in in the research as well. Robert, was that many parents just admitted to not feeling well equipped or knowledgeable to teach their kids how to use, um, you know, safety features online, and I suppose to have some level of online controls over the likes of the the tablets and the smartphones. But but you do yourself, you you have control over what's being viewed.
2: Well, yeah, so and I think it's, it's one of the great difficulties and one of the things that surprised me about this is setting up those type of controls, especially that kids can't get around them. Is, it's non-trivial. It's really hard to do. And so expecting people who aren't you know, doing that as their day job to be able to do that sort of thing, it, it's just not realistic. So that's, that's really what surprised me about this statistic is knowing how hard it is to control these devices and then knowing how many six-year-olds and ten-year-olds and, and so on have these devices, mm. it, it then means a lot of those, the vast majority of them, won't be controlled.
1: Siobhan is on the line too, Robert. Stay with us. Uh, Siobhan O'Neill-White is um, from, from MAMS.ie, the, the parenting website. Siobhan, should there be more of an onus on parents to learn how to teach their children how to navigate smartphones safely? Yes,
3: of course there should. I mean... If you go and let your kid out into the back garden to play with knives, who's responsible, you or them? You're responsible. You're responsible for their safety in the real world and in the virtual world. So I often hear parents saying, I don't really understand TikTok and I don't really get Snapchat. If your kid is honest, it's your job to know how to do it. You can go and do a one-day media course or if you have a teenager, you just get them to show you how to do it. You should be going through your kid's phone regularly. You should be monitoring what they're doing. There should be parental controls. I personally wouldn't give a tablet to a child under 10 years of age. My my daughter's 12 and she doesn't have a phone or a tablet and and she's not getting it until she goes to secondary school. I can't believe six-year-olds have phones. I think that's absolutely astonishing. I remember speaking last year about children buying phones with their comf- or their communion money, and I found that outrageous that mm. they would be doing it at the age of nine, eight or nine, um, for a six-year-old, that's actually insane. I mean, you you can't just shove your kid in front of a tablet and let them off. They go. You're supposed to be watching them, mind them, interacting with them, and even things like Roblox and Minecraft. They can be interactive online, and your kids can come into contact with virtual strangers online through those games. And those games, a lot of younger kids play, and they seem quite innocent. They're not always innocent. There's very dangerous people online and they know how to target kids and they know how to pretend that they're a kid the same age as your kid and build up a relationship. Your child doesn't know who they're talking to. You have to monitor that. Um, and we had an example with my sister. She was on, um, it was just before Facebook actually, and she was on MySpace or, or Bebo or one of those and she was talking to somebody. And I did a little bit of digging because when I came into the room she put the she put the lid down really quickly and I knew she was up to something. We did a bit of digging and we found out that the guy the person she was speaking to wasn't a seventeen year old girl. It was actually a man who was much, much older and she had given out so much of her personal information, what school she goes nice. to, what football team she plays for. So children are very innocent. So your child could be on Roblox or Minecraft or one of those innocent games that you think they're just Minecraft. They're just building mm. an imaginative world. It's like an online kind of Lego. They're building roller coasters. But you have to be careful what settings is on that and who they're talking to. Because children don't know. I better not say, well, if somebody says to them, do you play Gaelic? Oh, what Gaelic team do you play for? Before you know it, yeah. they've given out a ton of information. And that is the parent's responsibility to monitor that very carefully.
1: I know a lot of people probably listening to this, Siobhan, are thinking, well, you know, we're out for a meal and try to keep the kids quiet. You might give them your phone and throw something on, maybe on, yeah. on YouTube. But what are your kids watching, Robert, on uh, on their tablets? Uh,
2: so one of the things is YouTube Kids, not the YouTube app. I wouldn't let them have access to all the videos out there. There's unbelievable things on YouTube, but they've access to YouTube Kids. So they have the NASA channel, they have uh, various other educational channels on there. I agree absolutely with the other caller on things like games that have communications in them. Um, in one of my past past careers, I used to work for internet service providers and helped the hand over information to the police on some of these people that your last caller was talking about. The, the internet has a lot of very dangerous people out there because the world has dangerous people. And so I would never allow my kids to access anything that has a two-way communication system like that. That's something that you have to be very careful of because you have no idea who's on the other Mm -hmm. end of the
1: internet There is the message the point been made by this texter who just says very simply like everybody is just so quick to blame parents for everything. There's so much pressure being put on parents from every angle. I have a son with autism and the tablet and the phone they're the only things that'll calm him down if he's distressed. Keep your messages coming in to us 087-1400-106. Um, Alwyn Morin is with me here as well today. Alwyn's the, a neurodevelopmental therapist and the founder of Cogni Kids. Alwyn, how early can phone usage affect children or how can early phone use affect
4: kids it can significantly impact their brain development their physical development their you know their social emotional skills um and even their cognitive abilities so uh, you know i know the research that's out now at the moment is like astonishing but pre-COVID, there was a research paper done in the States where 86% of six month old babies had access to a phone or a screened device. Um, and that's like significant, even at that age, you know, six months.
1: But but is that a, a certain amount of time? Like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, even some of my own friends who will easily, if you're in their company, take out their phone and they'll throw something on, not even YouTube, yeah. but probably Disney or, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and and their kids are sitting down at the table and, and they're watching this for half an hour to preoccupy them.
4: Yeah. It's, no. What's the so impact of that? The well, so the American Association of Pediatrics, the same as the Australian Pediatric Association, um, all recommend that there is absolutely no screen time under the age of eighteen months. Um, because that is not um it's not a developmental tool. It is not anything that your child will actually benefit from, even though a lot will pitch themselves as an educational or developmental app. It's now been proven that that is not the case and that children that spend more time using um, apps and things online to develop speech actually have uh, lesser speech uh, abilities um, at come the age of four. So they're behind in their speech development and their understanding because of course speech is more than just the words we say. We communicate so much more through, you know, minor gestures and nuances and things like that. So facial expressions and things. So they don't get that from an app that's just trying to teach them a language. There's so much more to speech. So there's all of that side of things. Um, and I definitely would pick up on the fact that, yeah, like children really shouldn't be given a phone. Their brain actually isn't designed to be able to cope with all of the input that's coming in. It's a sensory overload. Um and the, their brain isn't fully developed. It can't filter out what's important information, what's not. So it's just like a massive dual carriageway slamming through with all of this information. And it's so quick. There's certain uh, thing, you know, certain programs like Cocomel and things like that, that actually the speed frame time changes so quickly mm. that it's really not beneficial at all. So, you know, there are things that if you're choosing to... Um, you know, allow your child access to some screened uh, content. Just be very, very mindful about what kind of screened content. So we don't want them passively consuming content. Uh, we want them to be, it's a more kind of an interactive piece. You so know. what
1: would you recommend? Because I was just about to ask you, like, how do you get the balance right? Because technology is here. Technology and is tablets here. And surely children, yeah. children are using, you know, tablets in, in school, even at a much earlier age now too. So... How do parents who don't want to, you know, have their kids have no access to to tablets or smartphones, but at the same time they don't want that overload you're talking about? Yeah, how do you
4: strike that balance, Owen? It's it's it is a challenge, um, and there is a place, as your texture said in there, you know, that there is a kind of a time for it to be beneficial for certain children as well, and definitely so for non-verbal children, things like that. It's really um, beneficial, but for you know, I suppose run of the mill daily use, you want to pick something that is an edge that you feel is educational, that it has a start, a middle, and an end. So it has a complete story to it, and um, that there is more of a, a social awareness. Um, you know, it's a, about. There's a little story about being kind to people or helping people or, you know, so there's a nice piece around that. Okay. They will learn counting. They will learn reading. Yeah. They will learn. You know, it's not that you're not going to hothouse your child um, from an app and it's not going to be beneficial. So and it is something that you engage in. And that's where the educational piece comes in is when you are watching it with them and you're engaging with them. You're asking them about the content. You're asking them, oh, and what does the doggy do next? And, you know, kind of, oh, do you think is that doggy happy or sad or, you know, things like that. So you're actually watching with them and you're engaging in okay. the content.
1: Uh, Ingus is with us on the line too, Alwyn. Um, you've been listening to to Siobhan and and, uh, and Alwyn and Robert. Ingus, what's
0: your experience? Uh, yeah, how you doing? Um, I suppose my experience, I've, I've got kids who are a little bit older. I've got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. Um, So they both have their own smartphones. I've got, you know, Google uh, Family Link so I can lock their access and limit their access to the phones. But I just wanted to ask, just uh, in regards to to, uh, games like Fortnite, for example, my 12-year-old is, you know, obsessed with Fortnite. He plays it as much as possible. He'd he'd stay on it all day if, you know, if we allowed him. Um, But he has really, you know, poor kind of temper um, control. So he will absolutely flip the lid if something goes wrong in the game, start screaming the house down and then like we're pulling him off the machine and it kind of affects his emotions. So just Yeah, I thought I'd I'd mentioned that yeah. and task.
4: Well Alwyn's yeah. Al- 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 still here with us. Yeah. Alwyn, Al- do you do you have any Um oh, uh, Angus good, I would nice. say are signs of addiction. Um, continual play, change of behavior during and after play, um, and general kind of bad form—that's definitely addiction. And um, I would—I'd <laughs> I'd be the devil's advocate here and say something that you're probably not going to want to hear, but um, you would definitely need to uh, look at uh, and reevaluate the amount of time that he is playing. It has been proven that actually, if children play more than oh gosh, I think it's like four hours a day. Now I'm open to correction on that exact amount. Mm -hmm. But if it's... uh, So they scanned the brains of 10 and 12 year olds in the States And it was found that children who played more than four hours a day had a thinner outer cortex of their brain than children who played less than that. And where we normally see thinning of the outer cortex is in the ageing population. Um, And the the fear of that is it is actually changing the structure of their brain. So, you know, like... Kind of the prefrontal cortex isn't fully wired in anyway mm. until anybody is until we're twenty three and that is the area of the brain that helps in strategy, rational thought planning, and things like okay. that so you know like you can't negotiate kind of with him when he's deep in play have have you noticed Angus, sorry like has his has your son's um
1: i suppose temper or mood like has it changed over the years as he's playing the games longer?
0: Um, it's hard to say, really. Uh, he's he's, I think, always had a pretty low threshold in terms of you know uh, losing the temper, um, and you know he he does spend a lot of time away from it. He plays football. He's very competitive in football as well, and even in any any kind of uh, you know fast be it just in the house with it with his brother. He always wants to win, whatever whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um. So I just think, yeah, this game it has. It's benefits, but it's, it's, it's a matter of, um, and I mean benefits as in there's a lot of uh, design required. Like as he plays the game, he's building out these kind of, um, I can't even watch it. It's, it moves so quickly, but he's building these kind of forts. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of hand-eye coordination and he's, co- he's coordinating and kind of, uh, he's collaborating with, with, with you know, his friends who are online as well. Um, so it's a double-edged sword. So there, I think there are some benefits, but certainly there's a lot of um, negatives as well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if things aren't going going well. So it's a matter of just negotiating with him to come off it and, and give him an alternative, you know. Um.
4: Definitely put in boundaries and say, you know, set a timer because once a child is deep in play, they're actually deep, yeah. deep in play. And you, by going and just turning off the computer, will just absolutely, the, all the hormones, particularly in boys, all those hormones that they're releasing during play build up because they're not actually physically active so they need to burn off those so when if you go along and you're yeah. like just disconnecting like cold turkey um they can't deal with that and it's just like it'll be holy it's hell the, essentially the time barrier at the start. So, yeah. yeah so okay. what you need to do is yeah. pull them out gradually so you need to kind of go and physically touch him on the shoulder Get, get his gaze to you. So it has to pull his gaze away from the screen. And you need to say 10 minutes, buddy. And that's coming off. Okay. And then you come back again, do the same thing in five minutes, but sit with him and then kind of encourage him to kind of say, okay, so now we're going to wrap this up. We're going to, okay, so that you're killing that person there or building that fort or whatever. That's great. And so you're pulling him out of his. Online world back into the real world, and then you get them off. Okay. Then that's good, it's good, good, good,
1: tangible advice. Um, Alwyn, absolutely. Um, parent and, and, and teacher Eric Nelligan is, is with us here too. Um, Angus and, and Alwyn on the line. Eric, what age do you plan on getting your own daughter a smartphone?
5: Um. Some time between confirmation and starting a secondary school, I would imagine. Um, we're very lucky. All my daughter's friends and and the peer parents that we're in contact with, we, we all have the same idea on when we plan on passing, allowing a phone to come into use. So it's easy once that's the case. What's hard yeah. is, and I, I see it a little bit at the moment, there are one or two kids in school who've now started to get a phone. Um, my daughter's currently in four classes, I should say. And, um, but thankfully, my daughter isn't asking for one and she's not pushing for one and neither her or friends so fingers crossed, we can keep, we can hold that off for another two years until until we're close to second school. But that's the, that's the plan. plan yeah, is for, you, have pay, you have to buy I'm, in
1: though from other parents and the yeah. peers around, yeah. You know,
5: I'm sorry, as a teacher, I would say it's quite, it would be, it would be good if most most uh, students would have a phone going to school because uh, that's when they, they, they don't, at that age, they don't want to be left behind. If you don't have a phone in secondary school, it is quite easy for a child to be left behind and feel excluded because look, it's it's realistic. We have to be realistic here. They will all have phones. So uh, by the time we get to that age, we don't want our child to be out of the loop because that's quite tough if your child is out of the loop once they get to secondary school. So that's kind of where, that's why I'm planning to Aim for the start of second rule is when hopefully my daughter will get hers.
1: Do you know it's it, remarkable the number of people who've gotten touch Eric today. Um, and just like I suppose this lins, this listener says, I, I just think you're this is absolutely um parent shaming. You know you fight technology with technology. Not all parents are security experts like me, says this listener. Are we parent um. shaming?
5: I don't think we're parent-shaming, but we have to realize that we, the parents are the, we're the guardians of the child. We, it, it's our duty to try and explain as best we can what's right and wrong and to set guidelines and morals and and set what we, what standards we expect. So, look, it's not easy because children, some children, uh, they grow at different rates, some people, some children are more advanced than others and, But it it is up to us to set the standard because we are their parent. We brought them into the world and it's Mm -hmm. our job to raise them as best we can. But so I I wouldn't look at his parent shaming, but we have to be realistic here that we're in a world where where, where 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 smartphones and tablets and computers are the norm. Absolutely, so we have to do yeah. we, we have to do the best we can. We have to do the best we can to educate ourselves.
1: Plenty of people getting in touch about this today. Anna says, "I personally just think it's absolutely appalling. The parents give any electronic device to children under the age of six. It's not normal for the development. How could it be?" asks Anna. Another listener um, has gotten in touch to say, "Joan, actually, she says I, I walk past fourteen-year-old teenage boys and they're just staring at porn on their phone." Happens all of the time, says Joe.
0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought
3: to you by Active Iron on News Talk.